Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Under Cover podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. Been a minute since we caught up with y'all, so welcome back to the show. I'm joined here by Jason Caldwell to talk a little bit of Auburn football today. Been focused on Auburn basketball recently, obviously, as the number one team in the country. As we're recording this on Tuesday morning, they play um, another game as the number one team against Alabama. Should be a really big game, 8 o'clock inside Auburn Arena. But we've got a lot of football to talk about now, and it's not necessarily positive news um, for the program. They've got yet another coordinator change. Um, obviously, we talked about before Derek Mason left to take the Oklahoma State job, um, taking over there. Um, Jeff Schmetting, the linebackers coach, was promoted to defensive coordinator. Um, now Brian Harson has to hire another OC. Um, this has been about 24 hours. It's been out there, so you've probably already seen. Um, but Austin Davis, who was hired from the Seattle Seahawks, was a pretty well-renowned hire within People within the program, outside the program, players talked about how Zach Calzada, the Texas A&M transfer, that was really big for him. Um, Davis is on his way out. He's 32 years old, um, put out a statement yesterday saying that, um, you know, it's for personal reasons. He realized that after a lot of time playing in the league and then now coaching that, you know, it's taken a lot of time away from his family. Um, so he's making the decision to step away from coaching entirely. And now Brian Harson um, has to hire yet another coordinator. He'll be on his fifth coordinator. Um, of his time at Auburn in just over a year. Jason, just your impressions of this situation and kind of your reaction to this situation as we, you know, it kind of came through the grapevine over the past few days that this might be something um, that was happening, but all of a sudden he fires Mike Bobo, brings in Austin Davis. He's going to be having to make a decision on, on a second coordinator this offseason on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, it's, it's something that honestly in, on our back channels we've been talking about for about the past week that, hey, hearing that he's not here, um, what would that mean? Is he just gone home? You know, so it we've been working on this for quite a while to get to that point where it looked like, hey, he, okay, he's he's not coming back. And so it, it wasn't a spur-of-the-moment thing that happened. Um, so we had been kind of prepared for it, I guess, um, and meaning that I'm sure Brian Harson has been prepared for it too. Um, so – um, didn't stop them from having discussions, those things that you would obviously have. But I think you could see this one coming, you know, pretty quickly. So uh, it's just on the unfortunate side of of what college football and, and honestly just sports in general has become because of the money involved. I mean, look at the NFL, the, the number of changes, the number of turnover. Look in college football last year when game when jobs started becoming open and how much change there's been. Obviously, look at the transfer portal. It's it's just a topsy-turvy industry now. Um, and so I think there's the one positive for Brian Harson is right now is that there's no rush now. There's no timetable. Um, honestly, you got to get somebody in, but you don't have to have somebody signing day is, is on Wednesday. And Auburn's not going to start spring practice until the middle of March. So you've got time now to go out and Try to find the right guy. The right guy may be in the building. It, it may end up being Eric Keesaw. Uh, and, and 
but you, you don't have to rush this decision. And so I think that's the one thing you look at from a positive standpoint right now is you go, look, okay, let's take your time, um, make the right choice. And it, hey, it could be a, it could be a circling of the wagons a little bit. We saw it on defense with Jeff Schmetting. It could be Keysaw and they maybe say, look, I'm I'm going to you know work with guys that I worked with before that that I trust and they know what I'm doing. I know what they're doing. It could very well be that. Um, but the thing is, right now is like I said, there's there's no there's no rush. There's no timetable. The thing that probably too is in the grand scheme of things, he hasn't really had time to develop a ton of long-term relationships in the 2023 class. So it's not going to impact you there as well. Um, The impact it could have is Zach Calzada and, um, you know, the guys that come in. um, Could it impact those guys enough that they say, hey, I'm I'm looking at going somewhere else? I I don't think it will. I don't think that would have a determining factor on guys. Zach Calzada has been – at a bunch of basketball games, seemingly really happy with his teammates hanging out with, with Derek Hall and um, Jalen Simpson a bunch, um, two defensive guys. So I've seen him a lot of different places. So um, in the grand scheme of things, I don't think it's going to have a massive impact on Auburn moving forward. It's just a little bit more of that uncertainty that that comes along with it. And from what we've understood, not only from you know the signs pointing to it, Brian Harson talking to us a couple months ago, about wanting to have a bigger influence. Um, from what we understood, it was already going to be sort of a brain trust thing with him, Keysaw, and Austin Davis. Um, really, the the number one calling card for Davis being brought in was being a guy that was going to you know nurture the quarterback room. It was going to be a guy, Brian Harson talked about it, developing and recruiting the quarterback position. Like you talked about, that's that's such a big emphasis for next year's team. That's such a big part of next year's success is they need success at the quarterback position. That's probably your number one concern right now, because like you said, if you, if you move Keysaw into that position really doesn't seem like much would change in that aspect, because from, from everything we know, seems like Brian Harson number one's going to be calling the plays. Number two is just going to have a bigger influence on the offense overall. Yeah, I think that's right. I think we you know we, we saw that, you know, when we talked to him and, you know, before the Birmingham bowl, about what the offense is going to look like. I don't think – I don't. I didn't envision that being any different um, when he brought in Austin Davis. Now, Austin Davis might have envisioned it being a little bit different than that, and maybe that's some of what happened. Uh, we don't know. That's just my speculation. But um, I don't think there's any question that Brian Harsh is going to be involved, Eric Keesaw is going to be involved. And I think no matter who's in that offensive coordinator role and coaching the quarterbacks, it's going to be part of that, like you said, part of that group effort, uh, you know, as as – maybe a co or even try offensive coordinators is, is, is what they'll go into next season with. You and I talked about it a little bit yesterday. If, if it does end up being the situation, which right now it seems like Eric, he saw maybe the leader in the clubhouse, already the guy in the building, somebody Brian Harson's comfortable with. He's done this coordinator duo before at, at Boise with Keysaw and Jeff Schmetting. Um, would it make sense now looking at a couple of analysts, maybe could those be the guys who step into the role? You know, we'll see over the course of the next week, couple of weeks as this, you know, the, the coaching search becomes a little bit more transparent, but Bodie reader, the former Utah state, North Texas offensive coordinator was the guy who filled in and helped with the quarterbacks. Um, when Mike Bobo was gone and then they brought in Hartline as an analyst as well. He was a guy that you mentioned, maybe they can kind of do some shuffling there to fill in that position coach gap. If Keysaw does take the OC job. Yeah. You know, two guys have been coordinators, obviously Mike Hartline played at um, Kentucky Brother Brian Hartline is obviously very successful in, in his own right, but you know, 
Mike Hartline was the offensive coordinator at, at Ohio Dominican University, but he's been at Cincinnati and Ohio State. Um, had a little little cup of coffee in the NFL with the Colts as well. So, um, you know, these are two guys that have experience and have done it before. So it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. So either one of those guys step into that role as as a full time quarterback coach if that's what happened. We'll we'll table it there just because I'm interested to see. Jason, you're going later today on the road to Mobile um, because Brian Harson's talking ahead of the Senior Bowl. Roger McCreary is at the Senior Bowl. Um, I'm interested to see what his comments are to you and maybe some others there about this situation. So we'll kind of circle back to that. You mentioned it um, at the beginning. Signing day is tomorrow as we're recording this on Tuesday. You've written it a couple times. We've talked about it a couple times. Doesn't won't be a lot of fireworks for Auburn, or at least it doesn't seem. Um, by the time you're listening to this, you know Jack Pyburn the edge target, three-star edge target out of Jacksonville. Um, I believe you said 2.30, right, Jason? 2.30 yes. Central mm-hmm. today on Tuesday. He may have already made his decision by the time you're listening to this. Um, so let's go ahead and just touch on him at first. He's the guy that's gotten the most attention over the last week in terms of this late signing period. Um, what does he bring to Auburn if he does end up committing? You're listening to this after he commits or got that late push from Florida. Maybe they're making, they called his dream offer. Maybe they're making a, a late push here to grab him. Where does Auburn go if they don't pick him up? Because you and I have talked about before, not a lot of depth at that edge position for next season. Yeah, yeah, I'm not certain that that you might not need a a veteran at that spot anyway. But if you don't get Jack Pyburn, then you absolutely have to go find another guy. Um, I think we could see you, know, you could see a guy like Powell Gordon step in, but I, physically, I think he's probably going to need a little while to get a little bit bigger and stronger to be able to hold down that spot a little bit more. He's played it. He could be a you know, true linebacker as well, but they might be forced to play him at the edge position. Um, uh, if you don't, you know, get a guy like Piver, if you do get him, then it, then it helps you from a physicality standpoint. He's a guy that would, would and should be able to step in right away and, and provide you some minutes there. Um, but, you know, you start looking at it, just the numbers last year, they played two of those guys, almost exclusively. They played two edge guys at the same time. They played Derek Hall and Leota. They played TD. and you know the, So there was two of those guys on the field at the same time. I'm not certain that you're now going to be able to do that even if you land two more of these guys. It just I don't know if you're going to have enough experience depth to be able to do that and rotate them. Every once in a while, third downs, yeah. But it may change the way you, you play defense. And, heck, it may, they may be changing anyway. Jeff Schmetting may have a different idea of how he wants to use those guys up front. And the same is true of Jimmy Brumball. So, um, but I think it would obviously be an, an important guy. I've labeled him as, I think, the most important guy in this 2022 class for Auburn because of the lack of depth at the edge. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal what they do with this position moving forward. Cam Riley is also a guy that – Jeff Spending talked about maybe moving to that position. He played a few snaps there last season. We'll see what he does there um, as we head into spring practice. Who are the other names to know on Wednesday? Maybe Trevante Citizen gets a lot of attention. The four-star running back, they want to pair him with Damari Alston. But who else do Auburn fans need to know about that maybe could be added to this class come Wednesday? Yeah, I think you look, and and obviously Trevante Citizen um, is one of the four-star running back from Louisiana. That one's seemingly pretty wide open with still four – you know, four or five teams in the mix. You got to feel like it's it's probably more Auburn LSU for him, uh, even though Florida and, and Miami and, and are in there. You got to feel like it's Auburn LSU. And can Auburn you know, can they make that pull? If they do, then you know, Cadillac Williams deserve a huge amount of credit because it would be almost solely because of him. 
and uh, the work he's done in, in recruiting Trevante for such a long time. Um, the other guys is Jalen Farmer, offensive lineman from over in Georgia, <clears throat> was longtime Florida commitment. He visited Auburn um, two weekends ago, and then Alabama out of the blue offers. He visited Alabama last weekend, and that would have to be a concern if if you're Auburn and Florida both, especially. They need you know Jalen Farmer. It would be a, a massive get for either one of those teams. Um, he's really quiet. But I know that there's still been lines of communication from from Auburn, which is a good thing. Will it be enough? You know, we'll find out on Wednesday. But that's really it. It's really just three possible guys. Uh, I don't know that there's going to be a a a guy that sneaks in out of there. the The problem for Auburn is is that just from a number standpoint, um, they're not a ton of numbers under the 85, uh, even with you know the the losses in the transfer portal. Knowing that you're probably going to try to get. Uh, another addition or two or three after spring practice. Um, you know, but probably at least one of those, maybe a couple of them being at the wide receiver position. So there's just needs at other spots under that 85. So not a ton of guys. So it, it, it's going to be a quiet signing day, even if Auburn were to land all three. Um, that, that I think that'd probably be it. But, you know, the chances of that happening, I, I don't know. You got you to feel like probably that um, – you know, if you get a couple of those guys, you'd feel like it was a really good day. What did you think of junior day? I thought it went okay. Um, the Not the numbers that um, I think probably most people would expect in, in, in a month of January where, you know, you got a dead period coming up. I, I do think that Will Friend has done a great job of getting offensive linemen on campus, and that's really the most important spot for 2023. Um, not, not a ton of room to bring a bunch of those guys in right now in this class. But 2023, you've got to have, I think, a minimum four high school guys and probably five um, you know, from the high school ranks. And they had a bunch of those guys on campus. It continued even on Sunday, um, you know, with uh, you know, Miles McVeigh, a big four-star offensive tackle from St. Louis. Amen. But, um, you know, they had a good day. I thought you know, when, you, when you look at it to me, um, when you when you have in some of those top guys, Will Conformity from Tuscaloosa, um, I think that was a big one. Uh, you know, and then you know you, you look at, at you know some of the other guys. I think that was a great start to getting you know kind of working on the 2023 class for Will Friend. And um, you know when uh, when when you do that, uh, you know that's that's big. Maybe the biggest news of the day though out of Junior Day was Auburn offering Stanton Ramel. Um, Offensive tackle from Thompson High School. <clears throat> Dad played at Alabama, but has uh, has you know relatives. I think grandfather played at Auburn, so that one is one. He, I think he's a guy that, that Auburn really likes, and obviously wanted to get him back on campus. So overall, I thought from an offensive line standpoint, especially, it was a pretty good pretty good weekend. So you're heading to Mobile here in just a few hours. Um, you know, we talked we've talked about Roger McCreary. You know, he's the only All American. For Auburn last year, just a phenomenal season. First team All American was a guy that went from nearly a top one thousand prospect, a three star guy, Kevin Steele, plucked him, flipped from South Alabama. Now he gets to go home back to Mobile and have a pretty special week. Um, gets to wear the Auburn helmet at practices and, and show out for NFL evaluators. You look at him right now; he's a guy that I think during the season when when he was playing every week and he was going out there and showing his talent every week, he was firm first round projection. Now you're kind of seeing him go fringe, maybe some people kind of leaning to that um second round spot. I know you're not staying, you're not, you know, you're going to watch him just for a little bit. 
Um, but what are you excited about seeing when you go see Roger here in a few hours? Yeah, I think it's it's just a competition when you get in the senior bowl. This is the chance to to where you have a strong week in the senior bowl. A fringe guy all of a sudden can become a top 10 guy. I mean, it can happen that quickly. Um, I think they know about him. I think they want to see him again. Okay, top flight competition. And a lot of the, the time for this is to see how guys adjust to coaching. How do they take a, a coaching? How do they take moving from man to zone? And it – a lot of that depends on maybe, okay, what style of play a, a team plays and do they fit in that particular style of defense? And so, um, you know, do you fit in the need? And so it's all about windows sometimes, especially in that first round. Do you fit in the window of what they're looking for in their style of play? And then is there a bigger need area for them than this guy? You know, so um, – but I think it's an opportunity for him to go out and showcase what he can do, and uh, it's a big week for him. Yeah, and like we talked about at the beginning – um, Jason will talk to Brian Harson while he's there. So there'll be stuff up on our site tonight. Auburn undercover inside the Auburn Tigers. When you guys are watching the Alabama basketball game tonight, be sure to head over to the site and see what Jason's got down from Mobile. Jason, thanks so much um, for hopping on today. Some good information. We'll talk to you guys later in the week. If you guys enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review. And until the next episode, we'll talk to you guys later. Everybody have a great rest of the week and enjoy the game tonight.